Welcome to day 304 of Shaped by the Word. Uh, we're in our third season together, the story of the prophets, and of course we find ourselves in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel's unique among the prophets, uh, and he is uh, prophesying to the people who are in exile in Babylon. Uh, the final destruction of Jerusalem has you know, yet you know, to take place. Uh, and uh, many of them are hoping, you know, that Jerusalem will stand and they'll soon return to it. Uh, but they're about to find out that they will not. And uh, so we find them, you know, on the banks of the Hibar River, uh, you know, awaiting a word from God. And uh, in this particular period, the word of God has been, you know, silence in a lot of ways. Uh, and uh, they're waiting to hear from him. So we're going to the section that starts in chapter 25, and we'll come to an end here in you know, chapter you know, 32, where God is pronouncing judgment on the nations. And it's a very extended section. And then we're in the section you know, on Egypt, and we've been there since you know, last Friday, you know, talking about Egypt and about you know, the final judgment on Egypt, which is a significant, you know, plays a significant role you know, in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, when we come to the New Testament, the significant city will be Babylon. Uh, but the image of you know pride and the image of uh, you know the people that you know God has rescued His people from, you know, is very real. You know, in all of these prophecies, and, and the irony again is they turn again and again to Egypt as a rescuer and a redeemer. You know, the place that they were rescued from, uh, rather than looking to the Lord. So the irony is rich. And so the judgment pronounced, you know, has a, a heavier feel and a more extended feel, and uh, you know that's part of, uh, you know, just the very weight of this, is God, you know, communicating not, you know, just to Egypt about her impending judgment, but uh, to Israel, and about the judgment on the very things that they look to for their own hope and for their own security. So we find ourselves uh, into uh, into the final into the final chapter as Egypt falls down to the realm of the dead. Chapter 32, verse 17. Uh, before we read, uh, we, we pause uh, to recognize that we, we read to know God. We read you know, to hear His voice. We read, you know, as, uh, as we've entitled our you know, podcast, to be shaped by His Word through His Spirit you know, for His glory and, and our joy. So before we read, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we do ask as we come before your word that um, as we turn to Ezekiel here, even in sobering passages like this, that, that you would use them to reveal more of who you are, and, and then that may your spirit do a, a work um, that transforms us uh, more and more into the image and likeness of your Son. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 17. In the twelfth year, on the fifteenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, well for the words of Egypt, and consign the earth below both her and the daughters of the mighty nations, along with those who go down to the pit. Say to them, Are you more favored than others? Go down and be laid among the uncircumcised. They will fall among those killed by the sword. The sword is drawn. Let her be dragged off with all of her hordes. From within the realm of the dead, the mighty leaders will say of Egypt and all her allies, they've come down and they lie with the uncircumcised, with those killed by the sword. Syria is here with her whole army. She is surrounded by the graves of all of her slain. All who have fallen by the sword, their graves are in the depths of the pit and her armies lie around her graves. All who spread terror in the land of the living are slain, fallen by the sword. 
Elam is here with all of her hordes around her grave. All of them are slain, fallen by the sword. All who had spread terror in the land of the living went down uncircumcised to the earth below. They bear their shame with those who go down to the pit, and a bed is made for her among the slain. With all her hordes around her grave, all of them are uncircumcised, killed by the sword, because their terror had spread in the land of the living. They bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They are laid among the slain. Meshach and Tubal are there with all her hordes around their graves. All of them are uncircumcised, killed by the sword, because they spread their terror in the land of the living. But they do not lie with the fallen warriors of old who went down to the realm of the dead with their weapons of war, their swords placed under their heads and their shields resting on their bones, though these warriors also had terrorized the land of the living. You too, Pharaoh, will be broken and will lie among the uncircumcised, those killed by the sword. Edom is there, her kings and all of her princes. Despite their power, they are laid with those killed by the sword. They lie with the uncircumcised who go down to the pit. All the princes of the north, all the Sidonians are there. They went down with the slain in disgrace, despite the terror caused by their power. They lie uncircumcised with those who killed by the sword and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. Pharaoh, he and all of his army will see them, and he'll be consoled for all of his hordes that were killed by the sword, declares the sovereign Lord. Although I'd had him spread terror in the land of the living, Pharaoh and all his hordes will be laid among the uncircumcised with those killed by the sword, declares the sovereign Lord. So I think there's a common theme here among those who are laying among the uncircumcised and have been killed by the sword because they've called terror in the land. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the one, you know, the one little line that's in the middle of it is, and these will not be like the heroes of the old who, <laughs> who, who were laid, you know, to rest with their armaments, you know, with them. And so they had a kind of a noble end. All of these will just be scattered in battle, oh. never to be buried, never to be recognized and never, you know, to be honored. So there's uh, two levels of uh, dishonor here dishonor of the ancient warriors who at least got a decent burial and then dishonor you know of all of these people who all you know in their power and in their might exploited you know other nations and and the poor among them and lived in ways that you know completely dishonored god and everything that they have done to others you know is coming back you know on them and uh, you have a picture of uh, your consolation will be there's a lot of people here, which is not a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot of consolation. So you have a, a very, you know, very vivid picture of the place of the dead or the pit or Sheol mm-hmm. or the realm, you know, the realm of those who are dead and all of the uncircumcised there, mm-hmm. those who have not acknowledged, mm-hmm. you know, God. It's kind of interesting. So, I mean... I- I don't know, over the last two or three chapters, I, I keep noticing a repeating word. Um, and then I've, I've seen in this chapter, too, you know, there's kind of this um, section of people that are called the uncircumcised, and then therefore you know there are the circumcised. But I also see Ezekiel just calling Pharaoh and his hordes. I mean, he just keeps calling these people hordes. He never gives them anything that feels very um, human. I don't know how else to explain that, but he just keeps referring you, to them as uh, Perhaps being over-influenced by the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy that you've seen. Oh, maybe uh, so. Because the, yeah. the orcs. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, you know, the, the whole idea of, of, of hordes, you know, is the idea of the security that you have in numbers. Mm. But even all of those numbers, you know, have gone to, so it's not just an army, but it, it, it's a horde. And, and you do have, you know, the, the sense of, 
you know, innumerable, yeah. you know, people that are far too to count and far, but, but even, even the numbers and the hordes and the alliances are all, you know, finding themselves at the same end. And it's, it's mm-hmm. an end of dishonor and, and shame, not only human dishonor and shame, but, but more than that, the dishonor and shame of coming under the judgment, you know, of, of living God. And of course, apart from uh, the one who is born, our judgment, you know, what, lies ahead for us is dishonor and, and, and shame mm-hmm. uh, in spite of our valor in spite of the fact that someone might lay us down with our weapons you know under our heads uh, in spite of the fact that we might have a you know a great you know funeral and a great eulogy mm-hmm. that uh, you know apart from having our sin judged on the cross and receiving the gift of God's righteousness by faith you know the one thing left for us, you know, for certain, mm-hmm. is shame mm-hmm. and, and dishonor. So this is a very vivid picture of, you know, of the judgment of God, the final judgment of God for those who have ultimately rejected Him. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of the things that was standing out to me is, you know, the contrast to this is to, you kind of you can stand in the amazement of, of ugliness of this mm-hmm. against Egypt, but also the contrast against the grace that we've been given in Jesus, and it's. Both of them are shocking, mm-hmm. you know? You're like, because yeah, sure. this is really what I deserve. Yeah. And then to know what I've been given in Christ is is unbelievable to think about. Because um, apart from him, what I I really just have, what, what e- I can just pursue what Egypt pursued, power, the accumulation of things, influence. And it's like, okay, well, you got all that, but you've yet to to receive, you know, the grace of Christ or, you know, the, the grace of the Lord. And, and so to know that the accumulation of everything you'd want on this earth apart from Jesus is really nothing. And, and so it does just stand in a huge contrast that, and, and makes me so thankful for everything I've been given in Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you know, James you know, reminds us, you know, and it's hard to think you know, of life in these terms, but you're a better mess that is here today and gone you know, gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if we are a mess that is here today and gone tomorrow, you know, the big moments in our life are even more fleeting than those. And, uh, you know, the pride and possessions. And mm-hmm. uh, even when we, we get something new and cool, uh, you know, it, the, the new wears off quickly and we're on to the next thing. You know, these are things that ultimately cannot satisfy. Mm-hmm. So all of the vivid pictures we have in the Old Testament of, of God's physical judgment on nations with one nation being an instrument of judgment on the other nation and it being paid back to the nation in the same sense that that nation, you know, did, you know, uh, paid out, you know, to others. As horrible as that is, it doesn't mm-hmm. even begin to capture uh, the horror of being for all eternity separated from the goodness of God mm-hmm. uh, because we have uh, rejected us as mercy, which is a free gift you know, to us in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, uh, it's incredible to read you know, such uh, vivid poetry and uh, to see such you know, dark movements and uh, to see all the hordes that are laying in the dust great men of old and renowned, powerful rulers and powerful nations, and they all come to nothing. And uh, they all stand before you either in, in the shame and uh, dishonor uh, that they've brought upon themselves or in the uh, honor and the absence of shame that comes through what has taken place on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thank you for your wonderful gifts of grace in Jesus. 
It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs>